When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. to the College Football Recruiting Show alongside Blair and Gulo. I'm Emily Proud. It's a big week here at 24-7 Sports as we are set to announce our updated top 247 rankings for the 2024 class. That's tomorrow, but before we get there, a lot to get to from this past weekend. Please send your questions in the chat as we will answer some of them at the end. But as we always do, let's start with some headlines, Blair. Where will the number three edge in the 2023 class land? That's TBD, but Blair, you can add Ohio State to the long list of contenders for Damon Wilson. Where do the Buckeyes stack up? Yes, you can add Damon Wilson to the star-studded list of edge rushers that are serious about Ohio State down the stretch, with Keon Keeley and Mateo Uyunglele also in the mix. You have to consider that Coach Larry Johnson is in very good shape to add a few more premier edge rushers to this 23 class. All right, big news dropping today. Steve Wiltfong gives a crystal ball prediction for the fifth ranked D lineman in the 2023 class. That's David Hobbs. That crystal ball is for Tennessee. He is set to announce November 25th, but how big a get would this be for the Big Orange? It would be a monumental get, Emily. Nico Iamaleava is clearly the face of the Tennessee class that is pushing right now for top 10 status nationally. But Josh Heupel has been doing a terrific job of shoring up the defense. And David Hobbs would certainly be a strong addition to that group. All right, let's talk D commitments. Four-star corner Daniel Harris reopening his recruitment, saying... He won't be a Georgia Bulldog. Our own Andrew Ivins and Steve Wiltfong crystal ball him now to Penn State. How'd this happen? It's got to be persistence. Recruiting is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And although it's a mad dash in the summer when you're trying to line up official visits and trying to line up commitments to start shoring up some of your class, it's obviously a waiting game. It's a long game. And you have to credit Penn State here. If he does indeed end up in that class, for continuing to recruit him throughout his, his process. Never give up. All right, the number one player in Utah is deciding between the Utes and the Vols for his final official visit. This reported by you, Blair. Where do things stand with four-star linebacker Tausilia Kana? Yes, we joked last week, right, about why I was in the great state of Utah. Well, this was one of the, the big reasons. Tausili Akana is aiming to make his college decision on signing day next month. That gives him a few weeks to really consider where he's going to go. It looks like Utah and Tennessee have edged out a few of the other programs. They are in a battle to host him for his fifth and final official visits. And it's going to be interesting because both those teams now are done with home games. So when he makes it to whatever campus he makes it to, it's going to be a whole weekend, undivided attention, and that is certainly an interesting twist with Tausili Akana's recruitment. 
Very interesting. We will actually hear from Akana later in the show, so stick around for that. But now it's time to introduce our director of recruiting, Steve Wiltfong, for some flip watch. Five-star Iowa commit Caden Proctor took an official to Oregon last weekend. Now, losing him would be a major blow to that class. We will stash that away, that Iowa conversation. Come back to it a little bit later, Steve. But where is Proctor's interest level in the Ducks right now? Well, I think he's extremely interested in Oregon. Arrived with his mom on Saturday for Oregon showdown with Washington and stayed into Monday. And this is a Oregon did not go away on this recruitment after he announced his commitment to Iowa and the two parties have stayed in contact. And when you look at Oregon, this is a football team that's eight and two. It's a very exciting time with them under a first year staff coach Dan Lanning and company. Uh, and they want to keep the momentum rolling and to do so offensive lines a pivotal position of need for the Ducks they're losing four starting offensive linemen at the end of this season and Caden Proctor is one of the very few plug and play prospects at the position in this class so he's an important target for Oregon down the stretch I think he understands the opportunity he would have to come in and step step right in and play immediately at Oregon uh, if he did ultimately choose to flip and I think it's an intriguing option for him right now Steve, Dan Lanning is no stranger to these heavyweight recruiting battles on the defensive side of the ball. Texas A&M commit David Hicks was also in Eugene. What can you tell us uh, about Hicks and the Ducks? Yeah, third visit for him to Eugene of his process. Made it out there with his grandfather for this one. He's also taken an official visit in the past. And similar to Caden Proctor there where we talked about uh, uh, the, the transition that they're going to go through on the offensive side of the ball. The defensive side, Oregon's losing four of their top edge players from this season potentially. And with Hicks, I think he sees an opportunity to come in and play in a great scheme and showcase his ability day one as well. I know he enjoyed another visit at Oregon. Uh, um, but so look, Caden Proctor, he's been to every Iowa home game until this past weekend when he went to Oregon. Hicks is committed to Texas A&M, and I know that he loves Elijah William or Elijah Robinson over there, Nick Williams, and and, and the coaches there at Texas A&M. Oklahoma still in the mix for Hicks, uh, but I do think he loves Oregon. There was a time in the summer where I thought Oregon was maybe the team to beat coming out of one of his visits. We'll see what happens here down the stretch, but another good visit to Oregon, another big position in need for the Ducks as they try and build on a successful first campaign uh, here in Eugene under Coach Lanning and company. Steve, it hasn't happened with Hicks, but we are seeing a lot of overall decommitments down the stretch here. One from four-star quarterback Kenny Minchie. He said, never mind to Pitt. Now both you and Tom Loy of Irish Illustrated put in crystal balls for him to end up with the Irish. How did it all shift for him? Well, Notre Dame offered him at the end of July, and they've just kind of methodically recruited him here. And it's really picked up at the end of the football season here. Kenny didn't want to do anything until his own season came to an end. But I think that uh, regarding Notre Dame and his interest in them, first he decommitted from Pittsburgh. So I think he has high interest in Notre Dame, wants to get up there and meet Marcus Freeman in person. But I think coming into the visit, he likes Coach Freeman and what he's building. He sees a terrific recruiting class that ranks number three nationally. Sees a big need at the quarterback position there for the Irish and uh, just wants to go up there and see it for himself and take it from here. But certainly love where it's trending for Notre Dame as they try and add one of the nation's top signal callers to one of America's best recruiting classes. And Steve, Dante Moore was a big target for Notre Dame early on in the 2023 recruiting cycle, the five-star that's currently committed to Oregon. There was also talk that C.J. Carr of the 24 class would potentially reclassify to the 23 class. How important 
is Kenny Minchie to their efforts in 23. And they also, I think at one point, led for Jackson Arnold, the five-star quarterback that's committed to Oklahoma. So Notre Dame was in some heavyweight recruiting battles at the signal caller position, just haven't been able to push one through here. Uh, but look, I look at Notre Dame and the season that they're having, and if they were uh, if they were a little better at the quarterback position, I could make a case that they would be undefeated going into this weekend's game against Boston College and would certainly be in the college football playoff conversation, which is the expectation of this program year in and year out. And I think that quarterback is a big need for this program moving forward. I think Kenny Minchie's a guy that has the physical traits to come in and push that room right away. Obviously, Tyler Buckner will be coming back from an injury next year. And I think maybe, hey, the portal uh, uh, could still be a route for, for, for Notre Dame as well. But to me, I got a chance to see Kenny Minchie at the Elite 11 Finals alongside you and some of our colleagues. He won the Pro Day Challenge. He was the most accurate and precise passer during that competition, which puts quarterbacks through a gauntlet of different football throws. And, and some of the best arms in the country were there, including Dante Moore. And on that particular day, Kenny Minchie was the best of the bunch. I think he had a was having an excellent senior season. Now he's dealt with some injuries, so he missed some time, but 15 touchdowns to just three interceptions, completing 74% of his passes. And I think that this is a young man that we're going to get to see at the All-America Bowl and how he stacks up against uh, uh, those guys in that setting. But th this is a young man I think can play championship caliber football at the school of his choice. And for me, I think it's Notre Dame that's trending for Kenny Minchie. All right, we'll see what happens there. Meanwhile, a big visit weekend for the Buckeyes. Among the visitors, four-star Joshua Mickens. Now, although he's been committed to LSU since July, he's going back to the horseshoe for the Michigan game. So spatula time, Steve? Well, we'll see. Uh, LSU's got the number four recruiting class in the country. He's a key piece to that. Ohio State has a number five class in the country. And obviously at the top of the show, we talked about Damon Wilson and reported over the weekend that he's going to be back at Ohio State that weekend for the Michigan game. But Joshua Mickens will be there as well. He was at Ohio State this past weekend where he was offered in person. Ohio State's been keeping tabs on Mickens for uh, much of the cycle. Several coaches on Ohio State staff have Indiana roots, Kevin Wilson, Justin Fry. He got a chance to sit down with Larry Johnson before the game and really enjoyed that. And, and, and he also likes Ryan Day. He wants to come back and see how he fits in with the players and, and have a more in-depth look at, at the program. Now, he committed to LSU to play at the biggest stage in college football for a program that he viewed at the time on the rise. LSU is now obviously a contender heading into the home stretch of the season, and he wants to play on that stage. I think he sees the same thing at Ohio State, a place that he basically said breeds excellence. I think maybe proximity to home as we're getting closer to actually having to put pen to paper is a factor here late in the process. He talked to me about that being close to family. So Ohio State has a lot of what he's looking for as well, and it's closer to home. He's going back for the Michigan game, and I think with a good visit, that could really move the needle in this recruitment. And I would not be surprised if he's ultimately in Ohio State's class as they recruit some of the best edge rushers in the country down the stretch with Wilson, uh, Mickens, obviously, uh, Mateo Uagalele, and, and, and then they're still battling for Keon Keeley as well. Yeah, Ohio State is trying to recruit prospects that are committed elsewhere, and, and other schools are also trying to recruit prospects that are committed to Ohio State. That brings us to Mark Fletcher, Steve. He was at Florida this past weekend. What's the latest on his recruiting process? 
Well, our colleague Andrew Ivins has the latest, was out to see him play last night in his game and had an interview on him that you can find on our website, 247sports.com. But I talked to a source uh, with a couple sources with knowledge of, of, of the situation with Mark Fletcher. And first, he's been committed to Ohio State since April. And, and, and there was some buzz a month or two ago that maybe he was looking around. But I think that was put to rest. I think all this stuff has popped up again in the last week. Uh, and, and I think there's a, a I, I think there's definitely a chance he could end up in a class that's not Ohio State's Florida's a, a program that has momentum. They'd like to add another running back to their class. And they're in the middle of it for Mark Fletcher. Miami's been trying for much of the cycle to flip him from Ohio State. And maybe a couple other programs emerge uh, in, in the Mark Fletcher sweepstakes. Uh, perhaps Ivans will elaborate more on that on preps to pros. Uh, he's got a couple schools in mind. But I certainly think that Florida is a school that's moved the needle a little bit here. And uh, Ohio State, uh, uh, in the last week, it's certainly gotten a little uh, nerve-wracking for them as far as keeping him in the fold. This is a guy that they prioritized earlier than anybody as a national running back recruit. Uh, they had Ohio State had had Fletcher at the top of their board. I think that was a big reason why they were able to commit him back in April. But some schools are circling back and, and, and making it interesting here. Yeah, you mentioned it. No mercy right now in the Sunshine State as of late. Four-star tackle Lucas Simmons was a Florida State commit but visited Florida this past weekend, so gauged the Gators' likelihood of stealing Simmons. Well, Zach Blostein of Knowles 247 did an interview with him in the last week, and he told him that he's still solid with, with Florida State. Now, I know Florida's going to try and chip away, and I think that they think that the, them being able to flip uh, Roderick Carney from Florida State will help them in this recruitment as well. Uh, so they'll keep, look, Florida, Oregon, I mean, those are programs trying to swing a big spatula here at the end of the cycle here as they uh, fine-tune what are already really good recruiting classes. All right, Steve, thank you so much for all your great insight. Make sure to check out new episodes of the Wilt Fong Whiparound dropping every Monday and Friday on the 24-7 Sports YouTube page. But don't go anywhere. Steve is hopping on the chat right now. If you have any questions for him, just drop them in the chat, and we will answer some at the end of the show. All right, Blair, there is no love lost in the recruiting game. I think that's safe to say. We mentioned Billy Napier on a tear to try and flip some recruits, but he's not the only one. I want to ask you, though, on the other side of things, how do coaches play defense during flip season? How do you ensure your own guys don't pack up and leave? Yeah, it's cutthroat right now, especially in this final month before the early signing period. And I think the big key is communication. The recruits have to feel that the coaching staff or that program that they're currently committed to still holds them in high regard. There's so much movement. There's there's so many prospects that are up for grabs that sometimes you have to wonder, okay, am I still the, the key piece in this class? Am I still one of their top guys? And even though you get a commitment early, you still have to keep recruiting. You have to stay persistent. You have to stay on it and keep that line of communication going because other programs will hop in there, try to poach, try to get you know some prospects to flip. And this is the part of the year that gets really interesting. They don't call it silly season for, for, <laughs> for any other reason. I love it. All right. If you're a fan of a team that's not sure if you're going to hold on to a recruit, feel free to drop a question in the chat. We will answer at the end. Blair will do his best to forecast what he believes is going to happen, but we'd love to get your input on what you want us to talk about. And if all that drama doesn't get you ready for signing day, then maybe this will. We are bringing you wall-to-wall -wall coverage of National Signing Day on December 21st. 
Now, while you're thinking about it, go ahead, hit subscribe to the 24-7 Sports YouTube page so you are ready for the big day. Now, let's hear from a guy who's set to put pen to paper next month. Tausili Akana, one of the top available prospects in the country. And we are about a month out from the early signing period, Tausili. Let's start with A&M. You just took an official visit there. They lost to Florida, but you told me it didn't dampen the way you looked at the Aggies. What stood out to you in College Station? Um, I definitely say the, the recruiting class they have now and the recruiting class that is coming in now, you know, it's, it's going to be a big, big development and I'm excited for it. They play a lot of true freshmen. That yes, was sir. another key component for you. What was Jimbo Fisher's message to you? Uh, he was just pretty much just telling me why not A&M. Like, you know, we got everything here. We got the resources and everything. Let's stay in the state of Texas. You also have been to Texas. Your yes, sister plays volleyball there. You were there in Austin for the game against Alabama. What's the recruiting process going right now with Steve Sarkeesian? Uh, it's going good. You know, uh, throughout the days, our relationship is getting better and better. Uh, you know, he calls me every day. He just called me before the game, wishing me good luck, so. They lost that game to Alabama. You yes, were there though, but you saw the promise, right? You yes. saw the trajectory that that program is going. When you look at Texas, maybe two, three years down the road, what do you see out of the Longhorns? Uh, definitely a, a good defense, a good offense, and they're gonna, they're gonna be, they're building something big there. From potentially horns up to potentially horns down, I know you're really high on Oklahoma. You've told me it's a top school for you. What's it been like with the Sooners right now? Uh, it's, it's going good. You know, uh, Venerables, he's been recruiting me since Clemson, so he's been there since day one, and you know, I've our relationship is just is just very high up there. They haven't had the, the best season under coach Brent Venable since he got there, but what, what's been their message? What's been, you know, their biggest pitch when you talk to them? Uh, just, you know, coming in and coming in as a freshman and making a big impact. And also just, uh, I'll definitely say, that's it, yeah. Those are two future SEC schools. You've yes, also sir. been to another SEC school, LSU. You were out there for an official visit as well. They beat Bama uh, recently. What did you sir. think of that? Uh, that game was crazy. You know, it pretty much just comes down to the best man and the disciplined team. Brian Kelly, Coach Brian Polian, Coach Jamar Kane, all those guys are tag teaming you. Uh, what's the relationship been like with the Tigers? Uh, it's, it's been really high. You know, uh, they, uh, Coach Chain been co uh, not coaching me, but he's been recruiting me since OU. So we, we also have a tight bond there. And we got Coach Polian coming from Notre Dame. He, you know, he, all the Hawaiians, he pretty much coached. Right, you are about a month away from making an announcement sure. and making a commitment. You do have one official visit remaining. Who are the schools that are in, in the in the picture for you right now? Uh, Utah, Texas, uh, not Texas, Utah and Tennessee. Okay, Utah, Tennessee, you're in the Utah Stadium right now. You're yes, a native sir. from Hawaii. You, you're playing your high school football here in the state of Utah. How big would it be to potentially stay closer to the West Coast? Uh, definitely would be good. You know, my parents, they're in Hawaii still, so they can still come out, not, not, too, fly, not too far of a flight. Yeah, and then Tennessee, you've been there before. I yes, mean, sir. what stood out to you when you were out there? Uh, definitely the environment and the, the team they're developing there. Have you heard from Nico Iamaleava? Yes, every day I hear from him. What's the pitch? Uh, pretty much just, you know, we're going we're gonna to build a poly pipeline there and just we're going to build something special. All right, that is Tausili Akana, one of the top prospects in the country, yet to make his decision, but stay tuned here to 24-7 Sports. We'll have all the latest on the premier edge rusher from Lehigh Sky Ridge in Utah. Joining us now is Brandon Huffman, the national recruiting editor at 24-7 Sports. And Huff, we just heard from Tausili Akana, the elite edge rusher from Sky Ridge High School in the state of Utah. And this has the makings 
of those classic recruitments that go down the stretch. What's your feel as we enter that final month before the early signing period? Well, it seems like every year we have someone like this, right? Two years ago, JT Tuimolowau decides in July, 4th of July. Last year in the 2022 class, Josh Connolly decides in April. While I don't see Tassili taking it down to April or to the 4th of July, we also know he is going to take it down to the wire. And I think it's safe to say that Tassili O'Connell will be playing his football in college in the SEC. Now we got to spend the next few weeks figuring out exactly which SEC school that will be. Yeah, we only spoke on that video uh, about five or six schools. He did release a top 10 recently, which, you know, if we're checking our, our watches, uh, that leaves 10 schools in the mix with about a month to go. I do feel like there's a select few that are in the mix the, the most, right? The schools that are probably standing out to him more so than others. Oklahoma has to be mentioned in, in that breath. He has a longstanding relationship with Coach Brent Benables. He's been recruiting him since he's been at Clemson. And when you think about the type of defense, Huff, that Benables wants to build at Oklahoma, it would appear that Tausilia Kana fits that mold. Absolutely. And you need a flagship recruit in your first full recruiting class. Go get one of the premier pass rushers in the country that you're battling your, your you know, Red River shootout uh, rival Texas for. That other SEC schools that are already established in the conference are fighting for that would be a big feather in the cap for Brent Venables. And, and this is one of those where it's key that relationships matter. Whether you know it's not so much the school that's recruiting you, it's the coach that's recruiting you. And building those relationships, even when he was at a previous stop to now when he's at Oklahoma, has Oklahoma still dancing here down the stretch run? And that's where that relationship, that's where that success at that position. Coach, you know, with Venables being a defensive guy, being a, a longtime defense coordinator. He knows what he wants to do to reshape this Oklahoma program in his image and in his likeness, what he wants to see this program become. And to you know, it's evident this year that they're lacking some talent at the pass rushing positions. And this would be a guy that would be a plug-and-play type of player that can come in and be ready to play as a true freshman. And he's only going to get bigger and stronger. So you can see why Oklahoma is right there on that short list from a fit standpoint, but also that personality standpoint, that relationship standpoint that he already has with the relationship with Brad Venables. Yeah, from one side of the Red River to the other, Texas also heavily involved there. He's got his sister, who used to be a volleyball player at Nebraska, is now a volleyball player at Texas. She entered the transfer portal and is now in Austin. And he's also got Leona Lefau, a player from the North Shore originally, from Kahuku. That's where Tausili Akana is from. He's been recruiting him to get to Austin as well. But I did want to touch on the two schools that are in the mix to get the fifth and final official visit. Tennessee, you heard him on the video talk about Nico Yamaleava, and then Utah, which I asked a source in the Beehive State, and he kind of just shook his head and he and he and he basically said, I'm not surprised that the Utes are now because you go into the final stretches of a recruitment, you take as many visits as Tausilia Kana took during the recruiting process, and you start to wonder, all right, how likely is it that he will leave? Or will he realize that maybe he wants to be a little closer to, to home and, and closer to the islands? We talked about relationships just a minute ago. Well, you look at the relationship that he has with the Utah coaches, having played in the state for the last three years, that's going to play a big role in that decision. You know, the, the relationships he's developed with his family there. When he's originally from Hawaii, moves to Utah to play when the pandemic wipes out the season. Then he builds a relationship with the Utah coaches. And we've seen this in recent years, Blair, where, you know, Utah just kind of sits there and hovers 
right around till the end, and then boom, they're landing guys like Van Fillinger. You know, they're they're landing in-state players that you know they've done a good job of recruiting. So the youth's not going quietly. And then with Tennessee, he played in the OT7 that I know you covered in Las Vegas with Nico Yamaliava playing with Team Toa. Well, Nico's the headliner at Tennessee. Obviously, Josh Heifel has experience recruiting the state of Hawaii. I mean, Tassili plays in Utah, but he's a, he's a Hawaiian kid by nature. Josh Heifel has recruiting ties to the state of Hawaii when he was at UCF. So those relationships matter. Uh, we, you know, we go back to Texas. There's no better relationship than the one that he has with his sister or the one he has with Leona. They've been playing together you know, as kids for a number of years. And so while Brent Venables might have laid some of the groundwork when he was at Clemson, you know, you can't beat the relationship with family. You can't beat the relationship with a longtime friend, former teammate. So all these schools kind of have these relationships playing into their factor or playing into their favor. Will that be the contributing factor in getting them? Tennessee and Utah are both hoping that maybe those late surges, you know, Utah's playing this weekend for a chance to go uh, to the Pac-12 championship game where they were a year ago, where they won it a year ago. They do this every single year, Blair. We've seen it the last three cycles where they just quietly sit there and they bubble things up and then, boom, they're right there in the mix. Tennessee's got tremendous momentum. It seems like they've had nothing but momentum since they got a commitment from Nico, and now they're a top-five team nationally. So all of these schools have something to offer, and that's why you know you said it. This is going to be one of the most fascinating recruitments, certainly of any player out West the rest of this 2023 cycle. I know I, for one, am super fascinated to see how this ends up playing out. Yeah, four official visits down, one more to go, and that's not the end, right? There will be in-home visits as well, and keep the date December 17th circled on your calendar. Tausili kind of plays for a state championship this week, but is headed back to Hawaii in the middle of December, December 17th. So which coaches are going to make that trek over to the islands for those last and final in-home visits before the early signing period. It's going to be fascinating to track and it's going to be fascinating to monitor. Thank you so much, Brandon, for joining us. You can follow all his work over at 247sports.com. It is always hot in the swamp, but they are turning up the heat on the recruiting trail. Billy Napier and company are chomping at the bit to secure a top five class, a step in the right direction. How about flipping the number 17 overall player? Let's dive into it with Jacob Rudner of Swamp 24-7. Jacob, thanks so much for joining us. Now, Napier, hoping that that flip of quarterback Jaden Rashada from Miami is the first of many big-time prospects to pick the Gators as we gear up for signing day. How can that build momentum moving forward? Oh, it's such a huge flip for the Gators. It's just one of those situations where you bring in a guy who is a top-ranked prospect, in the country, but the momentum that was generated is from that flip. Uh, a Miami commit uh, back in June really stirred up that Florida fan base, and then all of a sudden he jumps and moves over to Florida. It sounded like that decommitment was coming for a bit of time, but nobody really saw a commitment coming that quickly. Uh, obviously, a, a real big deal for the Gators, though, because it puts a headliner prospect in their class, and I think that they were looking for that just a couple weeks earlier with Cormani McLean, who committed to Miami, and then to be able to steal the star quarterback of Miami's class and add it to your own has to be huge for these Gators. It really is just a headline name. Yeah, Jacob, it gives them about a month now to really sell other recruits on the fact that Jane Rashada is coming to campus if you come to campus as well. When you look at the potential impact that this could have for 2024, what do you see for Billy Napier and that staff? You know, it's interesting, besides the momentum that I think that this creates in terms of just having recruits and their families 
see the fact that Billy Napier and staff are doing a really good job on the trail. I actually don't necessarily think this changes much for the Gators in the 2024 class. I just see them sticking with their plan. That's DJ Lagway, Jake Merklinger, two good quarterbacks, very good quarterbacks in the 2024 class. I don't see the uh, program swaying from that in any way. They have a great 2023 quarterback in the fold, and they'll just continue to pursue those two guys moving forward uh, and really try and reshape a quarterback room where the depth is somewhat thin, uh, the options behind Anthony Richardson are unclear, and it's also not really certain if Anthony Richardson will return to the program. So I think they just kind of stay the course at that position now. Interesting. You can never have too many great quarterbacks. Meanwhile, four-star defensive lineman John Walker is a UCF commit that the Gators are pursuing hard. He has visited, but where do things stand with him now? I think the university is just continuing to try and apply the pressure. They're going to get him on campus for an official visit in December. He's been on campus for several games throughout this season, so he's been around the team. Uh, and it sounds like the positive feedback is kind of flowing in. It looks like the Gators are in a good spot. Uh, and it's been the name that fans and you know reporters have been talking about the most in terms of big flip candidates for the Gators as we get near towards early signing day. Uh, and this is a guy who is obviously an impact player. Gators thin along their defensive front overall this season, so they're really trying to add a big class there. Uh, and this is a guy who I think just kind of needs to have his family around the program for Florida to really have a chance. Uh, he committed to UCF to be able to stay closer to home, have family kind of in the backyard. So a little move north is what Florida is pushing for here, uh, and that December official visit will be critical. Yeah, around this time of year, I think you look at what schools are underperforming on the field and you look at their commit list and you and you wonder, okay, who's flippable? Michigan State is one of those schools that I think a lot of schools have been targeting. Four-star linebacker Jordan Hall was at Florida. What can you tell us about the Gators' pursuit of Jordan Hall? They're obviously very interested in him. I think that that's a position like defensive line where they really need to try and rebuild through the 2023 class. Whether that's through high school recruiting or the transfer portal, I think it kind of remains to be seen. I personally foresee it being a combination of both. But with regard to Hall, this is a player who they like. Uh, he's a talented guy, uh, has been on campus several times, took an official visit back in the summer. Uh, I think, though, that they kind of need to see how things shake out with some other prospects at the position. I think that they're going to continue to pursue him, uh, see kind of where things land. Uh, but, but ultimately, I think it kind of comes down to who else uh, ends up in the class at the position. They're going to wait to see how it unfolds. But in the meantime, I foresee them trying to keep things warm. All right. Desmond Ricks is a guy that uh, many schools are fighting over, and it seems like LSU is the team to beat. But the third-ranked corner in the class has a Florida official set up for December. Good time to visit Florida. Where's the latest with his recruitment? This is a big one for the Gators, especially, like I said earlier, with that Cormani commitment to Miami. Uh, he was recently on Florida's campus for their South Carolina game. He's expected back, like you just said, in December for an official visit, and it is a big-time name. Uh, I do think that Florida has its kind of cherry-on-top recruit in Jaden Rashada for this class, but imagine if they're able to lock in Desmond Ricks, an elite corner, like you said, number three overall in the class. Uh, they're obviously pushing hard here, and so I think that this is a guy uh, who Florida fans will have to continue to watch, even though an LSU or an Alabama might be leading in this recruitment. Uh, I can see it coming down to the wire, especially with him coming back onto campus and visiting in December. Yeah, it was the announcement heard around the world uh, recently, right, with Cormani McLean choosing Miami over Florida. How big would it be for the Florida Gators to get Desmond Ricks, considering that they did miss out on the number one corner in 2023? 
Well, we talked about momentum earlier in the show with Rashada committing to the program and just what that could potentially do in 2023 and 24. I, I see this commitment or this possible commitment a lot of the same way. I think that Desmond Ricks is a guy that would bring a lot of momentum for a program on the recruiting trail under its new coaching staff. Uh, and it's just one of those situations where if you can add him to the fold, what, what does it do for you broadly, more nationally? Uh, and I just think that it brings a lot of attention to the program. I think it speaks a lot to what Corey Raymond, who's a widely regarded uh, you know, elite recruiter, it speaks to his skills for the Florida Gators. It speaks to Billy Napier's efforts on the recruiting trail. Uh, this would be a big one without question. Awesome. Thank you, Jacob. A lot to keep up with on the recruiting trail right now. So be sure to check out his work at Swamp 24-7 for all things Gators. So it sounds like all is fair and love and recruiting. Billy Napier, really no problem going in and trying to flip recruits from his fellow Floridian schools. Blair, I want to know your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think it, it, it's part of the game, right? Right now, it, you have to battle. You have to go out and try to win some of these interstate wars, essentially, right? And I think right now, Billy Napier understands the landscape now a little bit better than he did when he arrived in Gainesville. He understands that some of these prospects maybe chose Florida State early on, maybe chose Miami, but he goes out and he continues to pursue them, which I think shows that he's not going to back down. And it's a message that he's sending, not only in this recruiting cycle but also in 2024 and 2025 that if things flip on the field and Florida keeps getting some of these results they're going to be a program to to really contend with because Billy Napier is showing a lot of tenacity he's showing a lot of effort and and, and I think he understands now that that Florida power and the recruiting power that he has with the Gators is, is, is a significant one. Yeah, you've got to be that way when you're recruiting at Florida. So many great prospects in that state. You've got to keep them at the state school. Blair, you want to answer some questions? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, let's start here from Gator Twins 15. Wonder what school he's interested in. Oh, how about this? How likely do you think Miami is to keep the rest of their class intact? Right now, uh, they're number nine with 19 commits. What do you think about Miami's class? I mean, the odds say they probably don't keep it intact, right? We just saw them lose Jaden Rashada. And then you look at some of the top prospects uh, up on their board. Francis Maui Goa, the five-star offensive lineman. You have Jaden Wayne from IMG Academy, but he's originally from the West Coast. I mean, I'm sure a lot of programs are still making phone calls. And we can't forget about Cormani McLean, right? He already made his decision uh, about, a month to, um, about a month ago into the early signing period. That gives other schools about a month to make up ground. So if I were to bet on this, I would say the odds say no. They they can't keep it intact, but you can never really count out Mario Cristobal and, and what he's able to do as a recruiter. Whoo, a lot of angry Miami fans listening to you say that, but that's the gist of this show, right? We talk about flip season and all the changes that continually happen. We just spoke about Billy Napier and his ruthless pursuit on the recruiting trail. So we'll be interested to see how that class ends up. Let's go to Eddie O. How do you think USC's class will end up with signing day coming up? They are currently 13th want, with 20 commits. 
Yeah, I wonder if that's a good old friend of the show, Ed Orgeron, uh, former USC <laughs> assistant. No, you know what? I, I really like what they did early in the cycle, and they're just outside the top 10 right now nationally. But a lot of their noise came back in the spring. Remember Malachi Nelson, the five-star quarterback. Zachariah Branch committed on Christmas last year. Uh, he's a five-star wide receiver. Makai Lemon, a five-star athlete, also committed early in the recruiting cycle. So we've kind of forgotten about USC and some of the recruiting wins that they've done but they're still in it for deuce robinson all the crystal balls are still on the trojans and then caleb alomu one of the best offensive line prospects that's still available uh is still in play he could potentially take an official visit next weekend for the notre dame game so i think usc is certainly one to monitor as they make a push for the top 10. all right eddie o ed o not sure. We'll see. Appreciate you being a fan of this show. Uh, let's go to Keith Phillips. What do you think about Carnell Tate and the possibility of flipping him to get this? Tennessee. You know, uh, he took an official visit to Tennessee back in the spring. Uh, back in April, it seems like decades ago, he was actually at Ohio State in late October. It sounds like the Buckeyes still should feel pretty good about where they stand. And, and obviously, he's one of the better wide receivers in the country. And he's going to a program that's developing a lot of wide receivers. But Tennessee has so much ammo right now, a lot of momentum on the trail, a lot of buzz on the football field. And then what they're doing in that offense coupled with Nico Iamaliava potentially pushing there to get Carnell Tate. That's one to monitor. I still like the Buckeyes right now, but, but it's certainly one to watch. Yeah, Tate has been committed to Ohio State since June, and I would say it's kind of a fair fight between which offense you want to be a part of. Both of them have a lot of success with their wide receivers. Let's finish up here. This is from 503P. What prospect is Oregon in the best place to flip? We mentioned a few on this show earlier, but what do you think, Blair? Yeah, we have to start with those two, right? Caden Proctor and David Hicks, the two offense, uh, the offensive linemen and the defensive linemen, respectively. That would be, I think, jewels of each side of the ball in that class. Uh, Dan Lanning is used to this. We mentioned it earlier at the top of the show, uh, what he was able to do at Georgia. He understands what it takes here in the last month before the signing period. And for them to make it on campus for such a great atmosphere, which, you know, it was a loss to Washington. But if you take a look at that environment inside Autzen Stadium and what Dan Lanning is trying to continue to build there in Eugene, I think you have to like their chances of potentially pulling off a few flips here while also trying to fend off the whole Dante Moore conversation that we we talked about recently as well. Uh, but then there's also Tresh Kekahuna. Remember him? Mm -hmm. He's a player from Hawaii who recently backed off a commitment to Wisconsin. So although it's not a direct flip, we're calling a, a, a delayed flip. Uh, Tresh Kekahuna, it looks good right now for the Oregon Ducks. He's a big-time wide receiver. I hope you're all taking notes with all of these terms. A delayed flip. We'll see what happens with him and with Oregon. Thank you so much for submitting all of your great questions. Don't forget, a lot of these questions will get answered next month on our signing day show. So hit that subscribe button to the 24-7 Sports YouTube page so you are ready to go. He's Blair Angulo. I'm Emily Proud. And this is the College Football Recruiting Show.